Part One, Chapter Four of Martin Schuler by Romer Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part One, Heidelberg, Chapter Four. The spring passed into summer, and Martin began to assume the behavior of a young genius. All that he wrote, whether it was suitable or not, he labeled peahens and shut up in a black portfolio he wrote a great deal his imagination ran wild werner called the peahens the rabbits because they bred so often in so short a time he became imperious towards his family particularly towards his mother he became silly and superior in female society he changed his mode of dressing and wore check ties and had his hair cut in a different fashion he began to quiz girls in tea-shops and to take an interest in the fair performers at the theatre he changed from a simple dull boy into a conceited flashy young man absurd and yet charming who made girls giggle and chatter and nudge one another and become hysterical because they couldn't keep their animal feelings in order he was a young animal himself infatuated with the idea of himself as something godlike the human element in him was reduced to a minimum was reduced to his attitude about himself it is human to be godlike and animal-like at the same time the result is human because it is absurd martin's godliness was symbolized by check ties and straighter shoulders tremendous energy and noisy rushing from place to place but his godliness itself was symbol of the awakened animal just as the girls giggles were symbols of the corresponding animals in them physical excitement and dull contemplation produce artistic work some artists are hermits some are rakes some men produce beautiful things from the sparks that excitement clashes out of them particularly from the sparks of sexual excitement passion and the rest of it others by deep thought drag wonders from the dark unknown martin began a series of more or less serious love affairs the first began upon the first of june when he reached the age of twenty-one all that he did before with a feeling of daring he now did naturally and as a matter of course the first result of this new attitude was the romance of lily lily was fair sweet and round and so far influenced him that he threw into the peahen portfolio what afterwards became a ballad the affair began upon one of those pleasant expeditions which the english call excursions to the small town of eberbach early in the morning of the first of june a party of friends arrived according to prearrangement at the schuler's house markheim came lily and max bauer frau and fräulein offenbach herr karl fink a placid fair young man george fink his solid elder brother peter flettner and mimi adler two young and detached people of all this company lily bauer was the queen and her brother max the death's head frau offenbach paired off with papa schuler and frau schuler with george fink two suitable and heavy couples of chaperones martin at once pounced upon lily and markheim upon bertha peter flettner got the ugly but good-natured daughter offenbach and young fink got mimi max bauer was offended because martin had forgotten when counting the men to count himself so there were too few girls everybody tried to think of a remedy but max refused to call for any of the girls suggested or to share any of those there 
and took upon himself bearishly all the railway ticket-buying and cab-ordering the party left the house at seven dressed in expedition clothes everybody had a sandwich-box suspended from a strap passed over the shoulder all had walking-sticks with points and stout boots some of the men wore tyrolean shirts and round felt hats and martin wore a loose black suit and a red silk tie the ladies were clothed regardless of years in cotton dresses with full skirts and collarless square-cut bodices with elbow sleeves and each carried a jacket of some dark colour in case the temperature fell soon the men were carrying the jackets also the parasols that some girls thought fit to bring as well as walking-sticks but max collected these sunshades and threw them overboard when they were on the steamer because he found they would ultimately devolve upon him at seven thirty they all boarded the little steamer that goes a few times a day up and down a short distance of the neckar and once aboard max discarded the sunshades and the party threw off the cloud his grumbles had spread over them and all at once began to be very merry at first martin was shy and stiff with lily and had nothing to say but at breakfast which as they were a large party was served for them at a table in the stern lily began to thaw him she thawed him with honey there was honey for breakfast a kind of sweet glue of which martin who was greedy took so much that it ran all over his plate you must be a bee said lily how fond you are of honey he loves honey he has a sweet tooth explained frau schuler he always did love honey i hated honey said martin hated honey oh herr schuler cried lili i don't now said martin whose face suddenly relaxed i like all sweet things he said this in a lower voice my name is martin lili lili blushed and said don't don't making believe he was pinching her throughout breakfast they carried on a slight flirtatious warfare and after breakfast herr schuler recommended them all to watch the fine scenery and not to miss any of the noble castles because it would be dark when they returned lili and martin however hung over the stern and martin told lili all about himself and squeezed her hand until they wondered why they both felt a little sick i feel sick said martin suddenly and quite candidly don't look at the water said lili it comes so endlessly from under the boat so wriggly and streaky i feel as if my own eyes were looking backwards when we walk up the vague after dinner said martin will you walk with me he said this seriously they leaned on the stern rail looking at one another lily gave him her hand behind her dress of course she said i am your day friend my life friend said martin whose heart jerked suddenly then they joined the others and martin became facetious and witty and in due time they arrived at the landing for eberbach where amongst much hilarity and jokes about the size of frau schuler and frau offenbach all of which were deeply appreciated by the crew they got off the boat and into rickety pair-horse carriages which dragged them through the little streets an extremely short distance to the best restaurant here they all got out amongst many more similar jokes some of which were vulgar and crowded laughing and giggling into the restaurant all things had been ordered beforehand and the proprietor showed them into a pleasant garden where tables were ready set for dinner soon under wisteria boughs and lilac blossom they devoured a large and substantial meal in the middle of which frau offenbach exclaimed to herr schuler by prearrangement why to-day of all days it is dear martin's birthday 
everybody remembered what they had known all along and amidst general confusion which martin enjoyed the lost jackets were called for found and rifled and simultaneously everybody presented him with mementos martin accepted them suitably and thought what will all these people say a few years hence little do they think that soon it will be kind of me to speak to them his left hand was pinching lily's little finger in the course of time dinner and wine-drinking came to an end and the ladies went indoors to rest and the men lounged in the garden smoking cigars max spoke to martin how old he said twenty-one said martin not really said max i would not have thought it which way said martin and laughed when max allowed himself to be scored off my sister is nineteen said max oh said martin she is a pretty girl she ought to have a mother i have had her on my hands four years get her a husband said old schuler and young fink said martin aren't you sweet on her who knows said martin looking at fink with the eye that max could not see half shut fink went into roars of laughter and came over to martin he talked into martin's ear chuckling you are walking up the vague with lily yes walking yes so-so we are all going to the tower one needn't hurry better not hurry back one can miss the boat yes said martin perhaps what are you talking for mimi and i intend to be lost do you get lost also it will look better martin grinned very well then where will you be lost he felt like a benevolent uncle on the way from the tower we will take the first wrong turning on the way down do not deceive us martin mimi and i can rely on you perhaps said martin can you manage lily women said martin i cannot answer for lily then i will answer for her myself soon they all came together again and set off in grim earnest to make the two hours walk to the tower on top of the katzenbuckel the girls felt they were going a walking tour and looked it the men felt the same but said in answer to their cries the katzenbuckel only a step dear girls what an outcry about a mere stroll the walk began briskly but degenerated into an amble which became slower as the paths became steeper the party spread out further and further until max who found it impossible to be genial with any of the pairs had arrived at the tower and mimi and young fink who were deeply in love were half a mile behind martin sauntered with his lily pausing every now and then to gather wild flowers and make silly speeches as they neared the tower martin said lily yes what is it you want another kiss said lily softly i want you to love me love you lily was serious yes to love me i shall always love you said lily sentimentally but you will only love me a short time martin ought to have protested but he said why why do you say that i do not know said lily it is true he ought to have protested again but again he did not love is not to be calculated in lengths he said only in depth oh no no said lily the noblest quality of love is endurance perhaps said martin but we don't calculate by endurance any more than if you live long we shall honour you any more than if you die young he was not feeling inclined to argue clearly love is deep he went on or shallow a long shallow love is worth less than a deep short one a long deep one is best said lily well will you love me said martin how said lily 
let us say short and deep martin embraced her and gazed into her eyes i love you to-day lily he said who knows if i shall love you to-morrow love me in return to-day how beautiful said lily whose eyes had tears in them how beautiful your voice sounds what cruel things it says love me to-day said martin drawing her into the woods aside from the path my birthday on the return from the tower surrender your sweet little hands into mine and let me lead you lily look at me in the eyes no in the eyes don't you love me ah yes you love me i can see lily i adore you kiss my lips dear little girl yours are as sweet as honey lily lara i shall call you lily lara listen to your lover lily lara give him all your heart lily lara give him all he asks you lest he leave you lest he should depart after other maidens lily lara lily lara lily of my heart hush don't sob i just made that up the tune too what does it mean martin do you love me or are you just pretending i've loved you for so long i mean it lily come we must walk on i mean it promise me after the tower to love me my birthday on my birthday walk on we must catch up lily but we must walk on i will think oh we must not do anything silly liebet you know yes hush i know about liebet her lover was a cad martin took her arm and led her slowly onward till they regained the path higher up and neither of them spoke again until they got to the tower in lily's mind consent and refusal were alternating mechanically no yes no yes no yes her reason had left her she left that if no was talk when next martin spoke to her she would refuse if yes she would consent her heart was beating heavily but she did not recognize it she felt as if some rhythmical machine were swinging in her she did not anticipate love recklessly and gaily she was numb cold and terrified but she felt only the swing in her body and the regular beat no yes no yes no yes martin walked beside her with a sense of control in his mind like an expert contortionist on the tightrope like an expert engineer with a delicate machine ready to give the slightest touch with his hand to exercise exact judgment in his mind he advanced beyond his years to the expert age of thirty or so and the next musical composition he wrote benefited by it gaining sureness and finer balance the situation was not in lily's hands at the tower were several excursionists many from heidelberg who had taken advantage of the friday facilities and of the fine weather old herr schuler met several friends and soon the chaperones who were all tired settled down with other old gossips and began even there on that summer afternoon to pull to bits their absent friends and enemies and to discuss trade crochet cookery and babies according to their sex and taste fraulein offenbach and bertha who were tired also sat near them with their fiances they sat near enough to hear what was said upon certain interesting subjects because they were both soon to be married and lost no opportunity of collecting evidence upon certain events of married life they both hoped flettner and markheim could not hear but flettner and markheim did hear and felt hot and happy inside soon they definitely joined their elders and the young ones the boys and girls the children as they were thought of went up to the top of the tower 
and straining their eyes to see the swabian mountains the black forest and what not saw nothing but the human being next to them and heard nothing but one voice there below the old tower sat the old men and women like mushrooms gossiping of life and round the top like birds hung the young ones chattering of love the old ones unmoved impervious to the weather blind to green trees and blue distances and the romantic far-off presence of the mountains sat like besiegers who bide their time at the base of an impregnable fortress and the young ones sensitive to light and darkness and to the black name of schwarzwald flew free in their minds across rivers and across plains even to the sea even to that same forest free until the inevitable return the moment of capitulation of humiliation and descent at five o'clock the sandwich boxes were opened and their contents eaten and at six the cavalcade which had been joined by many acquaintances and friends began the long descent it was easy to stray easy to get lost and at seven o'clock young fink and martin and their girls were far away unmissed from that straggling stream fink winked at martin when he was going to disappear and martin gave him ten minutes start after which he himself went off with lily but he did not tell lily about fink nor did fink tell mimi about martin men are keepers of secrets the four returned home late by the last train that night lily and mimi were silent and white fink was pale but deeper than ever in love passion had filled him and was not yet exhausted and mimi knew even in her tired mind that he would marry her but martin was calm he had no love feelings one way or the other he was possessed by a thought which afterwards became a long ballad he felt simple and was simple in the midst of complexity straightforward and sure honest in his dishonesty momentarily complete perfectly wedded perfectly divorced love and fancy had vanished and his thought fitting perfectly to the rhythm of the clanking train found him pure virgin as white snow master of himself isolated a monk above his companions in virtue and in everything else alone in their midst inhuman silent and remote beside him sat his girl begetter of his thought but he had forgotten her she was dead to him there she sat used inferior and dismissed he had no further need of her she was inferior she felt inferior inferior and feminine until she looked across at fink he too looked puny microbe sold even less than herself she at least was associated all of them were but the ether round the planet but lily perhaps was a little moon oh dear she sighed to herself how clever he looks and how stern i suppose i ought to be proud oh oh i hope nothing will happen why was i such a fool i hope nothing disgraceful will happen thus they came into heidelberg and were greeted by frantic friends but martin who with perfect self-possession helped lily almost fainting to the ground said we are late yes the gods be damned in the twilight we took the turning down to zwingenberg end of chapter four recording by expatria in bangor maine